Julie Van Warmer, and you're listening to a special bonus season of Unshaken called Unshaken Moms. These were all talks given at our ministry called Mom to Mom at Christ the Word Church. And actually, both the podcast Unshaken and the Mom to Mom ministry are ministries of Christ the Word Church that are intended to bless and encourage you. Be sure you subscribe to Unshaken on your favorite podcast directory. That way you'll get notifications of each and every episode that drops. Our regularly scheduled season drops every single Thursday. And this particular bonus season is dropping right along with them. So you'll get two episodes each week. You can go back into our archives and listen to any that you would like to at any time. You can also reach out to me at unshakenpsalm622 at gmail.com if you have thoughts or questions or suggestions or ideas about any upcoming episodes. I would love to hear from you. Okay, are you ready for today's talk? Oh my, the me-centered life. You know, we see it so easily when we're hanging out with toddlers, right? They grab and tug from another toddler's hand, the toy they're holding. We see it if we put a plate of cookies on the table and one of our kids grabs the biggest and nicest cookie with the most chocolate chips. We see it all over social media as young men and women take selfies all the time and overload their accounts. We see it when we are Black Friday shopping and people actually start to push each other over to get to specific items that they want. And as mothers, it's actually right in our homes too. So today we're going to listen to a talk given by Sharon Arndt called Raising Your Kids in a Me-Centered World. And she's going to give us some really great direction on how we can lead and direct our kids away from being self-focused to an outward focus that serves others and is eventually able to share Jesus with those around us. Let's jump right in. Well, good morning. I'm glad to be here. I'm so glad that our church has a ministry for moms. And I know when I had lots of little kids, I went to a mom's group and it was the highlight of my month. So I'm glad you guys are all here and you came even though you knew I was going to be here. So thank you. Um, So I'm going to start off with a portion of a speech that President Roosevelt gave in Washington, D.C. to the National Congress of Mothers. I don't think they even have that anymore. It might be a good thing to have. I bet it will look a lot different today. Um, But what he said still holds true today. So this was from 1905, so 112 years ago. Into the woman's keeping is committed the destiny of the generations to come after us. In bringing up your children, you mothers must remember that while it is essential to be loving and tender, it is no less essential to be wise and firm. If you mothers, through weakness, bring up your sons to be selfish and to think only of themselves, you will be responsible for much sadness among the women who are to marry the among the women who are to be their wives in the future. If you let your daughters grow up idle, perhaps under the mistaken impression that as you yourselves have had to work hard, they should know only enjoyment, you are preparing them to be useless to others and a burden to themselves. Teach boys and girls alike they are not to look forward to lives spent in avoiding difficulties, but to to lives spent in overcoming difficulties. Teach them that work for themselves and also for others is not a curse but a blessing. Seek to make them happy, to make them enjoy life, 
but seek also to make them face life with the steadfast resolution to wrest success from labor and adversity and to do their whole duty before God and to man. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the opportunity you gave me today to share with these moms. I pray that my words would encourage them, challenge them, and I pray that their hearts would be open to changes they may need to make in their motherhood. In Jesus' name I pray. So Sarah gave me the title, Raising a You Kid in a Me World. That is like a title that, wow, you could do lots with. So as I thought and prayed about it, I hope what I have to tell you will help you. So I wish I had a simple, easy remedy for you to do this. Some magic dust you could sprinkle on your kids to make them others focused. To be honest, this is probably the hardest things to train your kids to do. There's no magic pill or fairy dust. Raising kids that are others-focused requires perseverance, long-suffering, blood, sweat, and tears. This task is not for the faint-hearted. So as all of you know, having a child rocks your world like no other event in your life. This tiny five to seven pound, or if you're Leanne, 10 pound baby, wreaks havoc on your life as you knew it. No more quiet evenings with your hubby. No more full night's rest for a really long time. No more dinners out for fancy restaurants. No more fitting into your pre-pregnancy clothes for a time, or if you're me, ever. No more painting your nails every night, and yes, I used to do that. No more lunches out with friends. No more quiet trips to the grocery store. No more wearing a bra without a breast pad. And the list goes on. Now, these are all personal to me. I'm sure you guys can think of lots of others that you experience. So becoming a mother forces us to walk out the verse that James commands of us. John 15, 13 says, Greater love has known than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. We lay down our lives daily as moms. Christ laid down his life for us. He took the punishment for our sins. He put aside his wants, needs, and desires to do the will of the Father who sent him. As moms, we get a glimmer of what Christ did for us. We are called to lay aside our wants, needs, and desires the day we step into motherhood. This in no way even compares to what Christ did for us. So my question for you today, are you embracing motherhood with the mindset of Christ? Willingly laying down your life for your husband and kids. Do you harbor a grudge against your husband or kids because you're stuck doing meaningless tasks all day long? Do you delight in allowing God to make you more like him by this task of motherhood? Or do you resent it? I would like to propose you embrace this thankless and often difficult job with pure delight. There is no greater accomplishment this side of heaven that will bring you as much joy and, yes, sorrow. Sometimes sorrow. God is using our motherhood to change us for the better. 1 Timothy 2.15 says, Yet she will be saved through childbearing if they continue in faith, love, holiness, with self-control. You will be saved through childbearing. What does it mean to be saved or sanctified? Sanctification is just a big fancy word that means we are growing in holiness and purity. When we are saved, we have a desire to know Christ, read his word, pray, and our changed heart has a desire to become more Christ-like in our day-to-day life. Does this ring true with you? Little eyes are watching you constantly, and this should spur you on to be holy as God is holy. 
I remember Mike and I driving home from the hospital with our firstborn, Matthew. We went on the side roads because the expressway would be way too dangerous with the baby. We went under the speed limit, which could be dangerous also. All of a sudden, the weight of this little human life was weighing on us and spurring us to be on to obey all the laws. And in some cases, we went a little overboard. I became aware of my language, my speech, and my actions. I had an overwhelming desire to do the right thing and set an example before my son. Now, I'm in no way implying that obeying traffic laws makes me a better person, but having a baby made me want to change a number of areas of my life and do the right thing. The verse goes on to say if we, we are saved if we continue in faith, love, holiness, with self-control. I'll be touching base on all four of these areas today. Let's start with faith. Do you have faith? Have you recognized your need for a Savior? You admit you're a sinner and need Christ to stand in for you and cover your sins. The only way to eternal life is to recognize you cannot obtain this on your own. Now this could be a topic that takes up this whole time. I'm going to ask you some questions to ponder. And if you have further questions about this, you can ask me or your table leader. As I present these questions, be honest in your answers and really consider your life and if your life reflects a life of faith. Is your faith in a sports team or a TV show? Do your kids see you spending more time on Facebook than they see you reading God's word? Are you growing and seeking to follow after Christ? Are you reading God's word? Have you joined a swap group? I'm not sure if you guys do. Okay. You can talk to a table leader about that. This is just an accountability. You email five or six people what you read for the day and just kind of keeps you on track with reading God's word. Are you actively participating in a Bible study? And if you are, do you come to that study prepared? Are your close friends those that fear God and keep his commands? Are you willing to listen to a rebuke from a friend? Do you pray with and for your kids daily? Do you tell others about the hope that you have in Christ? Do you attend church every Sunday morning? Do you read the word to your kids? Do you use the word to discipline your kids? Do you memorize God's word? Do you help your kids to memorize God's word? Do your kids see you turn to prayer during hard times? Now, I've asked you a lot of questions, and they're diagnostic. Your answer to these indicate if you have faith and if you are seeking to follow Christ. Now, the scope of a healthy relationship with Christ and spiritual growth encompasses many of the things I've listed. It is by no means exhaustive, but it's a good start to help you evaluate where you stand in your faith. So, your answer to these questions, were they yes or no? The verse goes on to say, um, they continue in faith, love, holiness, with self-control. Let's talk about love. Do you have love? First Corinthians is very familiar. We hear it read at weddings and think it only applies to newlyweds, but it applies to all of us. Love is patient and kind. It does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. So, if I asked your kids, what would they say? Are you patient with them? 
Are you kind and loving? Are you arrogant and rude? Kids are brutally honest, they'll tell you. And that's a good thing. I know this is a tough one to follow. I fail miserably some days. It's a constant fight for me to conquer and grow in this area. Now, I was at Walmart a few weeks ago with my 12-year-old daughter, Sarah, and she called me out on this. It was a somewhat unpleasant experience, which I'm sure that surprises many of you because I was at Walmart. Um, I proceeded to be rude and nasty to the cashier, and I said, I want to talk to a manager. I was rude and nasty to her. She directed me to the customer service line, which was 12 people. Yeah, I'm like, I'm not doing that. I was very mean. I kind of was, I was nasty. So I didn't go to this customer service line. I walked out after I talked to the manager. As we're walking out, my daughter says, Mom, you are really mean to that lady. I'm like, I know I was. And I give her credit for even, because I was hot. You know, I had other things to do. She had the courage to confront me. So I'm like, you know what, Sarah, you're right. I said, I probably need to go apologize. She's like, yeah, I think you do. (laughs) So... We, we put the groceries in the trunk. We walked back in the store. I had to kind of hunt down and find this lady. She was behind the service counter. She sees me walking toward her. Her eyes are like huge. Like, what is she going to do? So I walked up. The huge line of people were standing there. I'm like, you know what? I'm very sorry I was rude to you. That was wrong. I was setting a horrible example for my daughter. Will you forgive me? She just kind of stared at me like, are you for real? She said, "Um, yeah, and everybody in line just staring at me. So we walked out, and I thanked my daughter. I'm like, thank you for calling me out on that because that was wrong. So yes, I was rude and nasty to her. So pray that you have children that will call you out when you do these things. It was very humbling for my daughter to do that. Love is not irritable or resentful. We need to be walking out these verses daily before our kids. I know it's really hard to do. We should be striving to, be, to live clothed, clothed with this kind of love that Corinthians talks about. Put these verses by your sink, think about them, meditate on them, and do them. Now the next part, um, we've covered faith and love. Now we're going to move on to holiness. The third part calls us to be holy. I think this is the crux of raising a you kid in a me world. There's no quick fix or book you can read to do this. It is daily grinding it out and living God's word before your kids over days, months, and years. As you live a holy life, you are setting example before your kids. Are you striving to be holy like God is holy? To be more like Christ? You are either setting an all-about-me example or others-focused example for your kids. We all know that apple trees get apples, Fig trees get figs. Lemon trees get lemons. If you're a me person, guess what you'll get? Me kids. If you're an others-focused mom, you're going to get others-focused kids. So, what example are you setting? 1 Corinthians 11 says, "Be Be imitators of me, just as I also am of Christ. That was Paul speaking. 1 Peter says, You shall be holy, for I am holy. This is a direct command from God. It's not a suggestion. Be holy as I am holy. Follow me. Do as I do. It's a very tall order, and it seems unattainable. If you are saved by Christ and seeking after him, we should be able to tell our kids to follow us as we follow Christ. So let's start with obeying God's commands. The first one's a biggie, and I believe the most important. 
Do you submit to and, and respect authority? Hebrews 13 says, Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls, as those who will have to give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. So do you respect and obey the leaders that are placed over you? Do you grumble at the policeman who pulled you over for speeding? Do you badmouth the pastor on the way home from church? Do you roll your eyes or undermine your husband in front of your kids? Doesn't it seem logical that as you submit willingly in everything, you're setting an example for your kids when they're called to submit to you as their mom or to teachers, a policeman or pastors? In essence, a woman who does not submit thinks her way is better and rejects the authority God has placed over her. Submitting to authority is a great example to your kids. Train your kids to be others-focused by the way you are others-focused when you submit to God, your husband, and others in authority over you. A woman that does not submit is me-focused. Another big one is, do you put your husband first before your kids? Mark says, for this reason a man shall leave his father and mother, and the two shall become one flesh. The two become one. Are you one with your husband, or do your children run the show? So you might ask, well, how do my children run the show? Well, do your kids interrupt your conversations when you're talking with your husband? Does your kid's schedule run yours? Do you put your kids before your husband? Do you wear yourself out to please your kids and serve them? Do you respond to their whining and grumbling when they don't get what they want? Do you go around your husband and not listen to his command in the home? Children that rule in the home are me-focused, and a woman who does not put her husband first is me-focused. The next one, do you work hard? Proverbs 6, go to the ant, observe her ways, and be wise, which having no chief officer or ruler prepares her food in the summer and gathers her provision in the harvest. Do you set a good example in your work ethic? Do you waste the day away on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, or Pinterest? Do you let opportunities to train your children pass because you're lazy and not willing to train them? Do you keep your house tidy? Do you require your kids to be tidy, tidy but not yourself? Do you tell your kids to get up but you stay in bed? I realize I'm asking lots and lots of questions here, but I think it's good to evaluate. Be a hard worker yourself and train your kids to work hard. So do you require your kids to do chores? at a very early age. In our house, two-year-olds empty, dish, empty dishwashers. Now, we had to rearrange our kitchen. We put all the plates and bowls on the bottom so they could reach and um, make sure you give clear direction and guidelines about, about what you expect from your kids. Take a picture of a clean room and post it so they know the standard. Have a checklist for them to mark off their chores. You can create an Excel spreadsheet for this. I brought mine with you if anyone wants to see it. Um, Actually, I gave this to Erica before. This is a checklist. The kids, they mark off when they do their chores, daily chores, weekly chores. Um, And the other thing is don't, don't expect what you don't inspect. So you say clean your room. 
you need to go make sure they clean the room. We kind of got out of the habit over break. Yesterday, my kids all checked off their room was clean. I went to their room. Their rooms were not clean. So we have to get back on track. Um, and there's consequences if, they're, if they don't do their chores. The younger ones might get more work or get spanked. The older kids... I just take money away. You didn't have time to make your bed? I'll pay Hannah $5 of your money to make your bed for you. They make their bed pretty darn quick. And this can bring an 18-year-old to tears when she has to pay her little sibling 50 bucks to do all her chores. It's very effective. So money is what you do for kids that are older. Little kids, not so much. It is very effective. It's, and I'm not nagging them. Clean your room. When I pay their siblings their money, it's effective. Um, do you need a new split rail fence? We did that this summer. Katie and Sarah basically put, took the old one out and put the new one in with Mike's supervision. So train them to work hard. They can do these things. The kids even help Mike do oil changes. Now, Mike has a good job. He could pay to get an oil change, but he wants to train them to work and to know how to do it. Grass cut, I mean, don't hire someone to cut your grass. Have your kids do it. I remember Jordan, he couldn't even look over the top of it. He was out there cutting grass. As Mike paced in the driveway, he left all those strips. You know, he didn't do it very, he didn't do it very good, but took some training. So a mom running around like a chicken while her, ch while her children are entertaining themselves is a recipe for disaster. Expect that your kids will work. Expect big things from them. The more they're working, the less time they have to focus on themselves and breed laziness. If you run out of things to do, make stuff up. Now, Cheryl was in my home one time, and I had Danny unwrapping the soap. We buy 24 of soap. He unwraps everyone and puts them in a little container. Do I need him to unwrap the soap? No. But he would do it. He would feel pride when he was done. He, got, he had to clean it up. It took him a while. It was good for dexterity. So it may sound stupid, but... It's his important job for, for our family to run if he doesn't unwrap the soap. <laughs> Everything will fall apart. So in the midst of this work, make it fun. At our home, we always do toilet paper toss. This is Mike's invention. I would just put it away, you know. But he stands at the bottom of the steps and chucks them up there, and all the kids try to block from getting it in the bathtub. So they did it last night. I think he got 17 of them in. Because Emily wasn't, Emily's like a giant now. She can block pretty good. I don't think Emily was involved. But it usually involves pictures being knocked off the wall or somebody forgetting to close the toilet and we lose a few rolls. But that's like, toilet paper toss is fun. So make it fun, too. So girls need to learn how to do chores around the house. You're preparing them to be wives. And your boys need to work hard to train to become fathers. So a woman who does not work hard is me-focused. And kids that don't work hard are me-focused. The next one, are you fearful? Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not anxiously look about you, for I am your God. You may be fearful to let your two-year-old empty the dishwasher. What if they break my dishes? Broken glasses? We live in the glass capital of the world, people. <laughs> or... Um, I brought some props. You can get these beautiful like cheesy restaurant glasses. This is what I have now. You can drop these on concrete. They don't break. Whew. And I was, I have another prop. I was cleaning out my pantry this week and 
I came across this puppy up on a shelf. These are like my wedding dishes. I really loved them back in the day. This is a chip plate. All the other plates are gone, but 12 of these stacked were heavy. Break. I mean, this would break if I dropped it. So now I'm sporting a little Corel. You can stack 30 of these, and they're light, and the kids can handle them. So for my kids to empty the dishwasher, I had to think outside the box and get dishes they could handle. Um, so one day a friend stopped by when my four-year-old was sweeping, and she was appalled. What if they sweep over the cord? Oh, my. I would rather have that happen than have my kids sit around and watch me do everything. Electrical tape is magical. And Mike has replaced a few cords on my sweepers. That's a small price to pay for teaching my kids to work hard and not shy away from jobs. A woman who fears is me-focused. Now, the next one I think is a biggie as moms. Are you a control freak? Someone who has a compulsive need to control all aspects of his or her own life. Let's face it, as a mom, it's quite impossible to control every aspect of your life and the lives of numerous children. Just come to terms with the fact it is a-okay to not have all things perfect and perfectly in place. As moms, we're leery to give up control over the household chores because, let's be honest, no one can do the chores the way we do them. The kids are going to mess things up and break them. For sure they will. It oftentimes, lead, it oftentimes leads to more work for us when we're training our kids to work. We do things much faster and more efficiently than a five or six-year-old. Let your two-year-old empty the dishwasher. It will be okay, I promise. Yes, sometimes dirty dishes are put away. Things are broken, but it's a small price to pay for the long-term game of teaching your children to be productive and work hard. Are you sent into a downward spiral if there are forks with the spoons or knives with the forks? It will be okay. You get used to it. And the two-year-old grows up and becomes more proficient at emptying the dishwasher. Do you break out into a sweat if sweeper lines aren't perfect, Julie Morgan? <laughs> oh, so train them well. Okay, well, if they're not perfect, just let it go. It'll be fine. Will your husband understand if he's 2,000 miles away on his way to an important meeting and he has a kid sock and adult sock matched together? <laughs> that really did happen to me. Mike was gracious. He had to stop and buy some socks. I don't think he went to Walmart. Um, so Mike and I are on the same page with this. He's fully willing to accept the mess-ups that go with letting the kids learn to work and thus letting, control, letting go of control that all the socks are matched perfectly. He had to let go of his perfect lines on his mowed lawn. Wasn't easy for him, but he did it. A control freak is me-focused. Are you willing to serve? Therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service. So church cleaning day, jobs at church, committees, nursery, Sunday school teachers, watching kids for another woman, making food for events or families. Are you too busy to help with these things? Do you run for the hills when there's work to be done? Now I've been on the caring committee for a really long time, probably over 10 years. 
And it's always delightful to call certain people that I know are always willing to help. Others always have excuses as to why they can't help. So if you look at the kids in the church, more often than not, they're children of the adults that serve in the church. Teach your kids to serve by being a servant yourself. A woman who is not willing to serve is me-focused. Do you care for others? Philippians 2, 3, and 4. Do nothing from selfish or empty con- from selfishness, this is a different version, or empty conceit, but with humility, regard one another as more important than yourselves. Do, your pl- do you plan your days so that you can be available to serve others? I've been on the receiving end of caring a number of times, and it's a huge blessing. Our family went through some hard times with our oldest son, and I remember Judy Cleveland, Judy Cleveland showing up unannounced with a Costco chicken pie in hand. Boy, did we feel love that day. My kids would drool over there. They'd give them samples. Mom, can we buy one? No, they're too expensive. I would never buy them, so that was a big treat. And for those of you that don't know, Judy Cleveland is Sarah French's mom. And you all know Sarah French. So not long after, Sarah French showed up with her yummy calzone thingies that she makes. So did you catch that? Mom, daughter, separate times, both caring for my family during a trial. Mike's dad passed away last March, and upon arriving home, Cheryl showed up with a four-course meal, enough to feed an army. It did feed my family for a few days. Now, is Cheryl busy? Yes. Does she sit around twiddling her thumbs, waiting for a need? No. I'm not sure how she put it together, because, but she orders her days in such a way so that she can launch and care for others on a moment's notice. Cheryl's a great example to both me and my kids. Cheryl's kids are caring for the church. Elizabeth is my co-chair on the caring committee this year, and she is top-notch, just like her mom. Cheryl has set before her kids an example. She does not just tell her kids to serve others, she does it. Judy Cleveland doesn't just tell Sarah to care for others, she does it. A woman not willing to care for others is me-focused. Are you hospitable? No, be hospitable to one another without complaint. That's First Peter. Now, when I was in college, this was <clears throat> many years ago, Bob Forney was my professor. And for those of you who don't know, Bob is Debbie's husband. Where is Debbie? Oh, she's right there. So he taught a toxicology class, and he invited all the students over for a cookout. Now... This is 90 snotty, self-absorbed college students. Um, Dr. Forney would provide all the food and drinks for this event. Now, Debbie had just delivered her first baby, Ashley, and her mother had passed away just a few weeks before she gave birth. And at the time of this cookout, Ashley was maybe about a month old. So I often wonder if Debbie pushed back at this suggestion to host all these students so soon after delivering a baby and losing her mom? I think not. Debbie had been hosting hundreds of people every Friday night. It did get into the hundreds sometimes, right? They hosted a Friday night Bible study. So you're probably saying, okay, Sharon, what's the point? Well, my point is this. We get you-focused kids by setting you-focused examples. Fast forward 10 years, Debbie's son Scott was playing with my boys. He was in my home. We were eating lunch, and World War III erupted over a certain colored cup at lunch. This would be Matthew and Jordan. And they were seriously, I want the blue cup. No, I want the, I mean, 
it was ridiculous. Um, so this little war over what cup they would get was in full force, and out of the loud ruckus came a little voice that was music to my ears. Mrs. Arndt, I don't care what color cup I get. I'm like, who is this kid? <laughs> Scott, I'll never forget that. I'm like, whoa. So do you think Debbie drilled into her kids to be kind and defer to others by just telling them? I think not. Scott grew up having his space invaded every Friday night. He was taught from day one to consider others better than himself. I'm sure his toys were broken. His room was invaded by strangers. His things were not his own. He had to set up chairs, clean the house, shovel snow to prepare for people to come into his home. Debbie not only instructed her son, she set the example, even going back to before Scott was born. Back when she had the snotty college kid in her home, that was me, and I'm almost certain I never even sent her a thank you note. So thank you, Debbie. 30 years later. No, not 30. I'm not that old. 27. <laughs> Actually, Lisa, you were there. Where's Lisa? I don't know where she went. So as I think about this now, I can clearly see my kids behave the way they did. I was all about me at that time. My big plan was to get through the next five years. I had four kids in a very short span. I was going to get them in school. I was going to go back to work. I was going to do things for myself. I was going to paint my nails again and meet my friends for lunch. I was going to get the house spick and span when the kids were gone at school. I was going to go to the gym and get my pre-pregnancy body back. I, 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 I. Not sure you caught that. The entire last tirade was all about me. If you counted, I did. There were 12 references to what I was going to do. My focus was me. Should I really be surprised that my kids were behaving like me, being selfish and out for themselves? So again, are you hospitable? The very act of opening your home requires everyone in your family to think of others as they prepare for visitors. Do you make excuses as to why you're not hospitable? My carpet is too worn. My carpet is too clean. I'm tired. I just had a baby. I'm too busy. I have too many kids. They have too many kids. I don't know how to cook. I don't want to cook. My house is too messy. My house is too clean. A woman not willing to be hospitable is me-focused. Are you thankful? Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. God's will for you is that you give thanks in all things. Do you send thank you notes? Do you encourage your kids to send thank you notes? If you're not doing this, your kids won't either. Do you thank God for the hard times? Do you thank Him for the good times? Do you thank God in all things? Your kids are watching you. An ungrateful woman becomes a constant dripping and nag to her husband and will tear down her house with her own hands. We have all seen the end result of kids that are ungrateful. Think temper tantrum kids at the store that don't get the candy bar they want in the checkout lane. Cultivating a grateful heart in yourself will spill over to your kids and cause them to have a grateful heart too. An ungrateful woman is a me-focused woman. And the last part of the Timothy verse is to have self-control. If we are obeying God's command and he is in us, we will have self-control. 
I'm sorry, if we are obeying God's word. Self-control is the fruit of the Spirit. If we are lacking this, we are living according to the flesh. Trust me, there are hundreds of times each and every day as moms we get to practice self-control. I don't think there is any other job in the whole wide world that requires as much practice in self-control as when you become a mom. God knew we needed an extra portion of self-control. He commands us to walk in this fruit of the Spirit as we are sanctified through the raising of our children. A woman who lacks self-control is me-focused. Again, the verse, 1 Timothy 2.15, Yet she will be saved through childbearing if they continue in faith, love, holiness with self-control. Now let's quickly review all the traits of a me-mom. She lacks faith. She's unloving, unholy, unsubmissive, lazy, fearful, a control freak, unwilling to serve, uncaring, inhospitable, ungrateful, and lacks self-control. Don't be this woman, and ta-da, your kids won't be me kids. Your kids will be like you. They're watching you. Give them a holy example to follow. Let me leave you with this again from um, President Roosevelt. And Into the woman's keeping is committed the destiny of the generations to come after us. In bringing up your children, you mothers must remember that while it is essential to be loving and tender, it is no less essential to be wise and firm. If you mothers, through weakness, bring up your sons to be selfish and to think only of themselves, you will be responsible for much sadness among the women who are to be their wives. If you let your daughters grow up idle, perhaps under the mistaken impression that as you yourselves have had to work hard, they shall know only enjoyment, you are preparing them to be useless to others and burdens to themselves. Teach boys and girls alike they are not to look forward to life spending in avoiding difficulties, but to live lives spent in overcoming difficulties. Teach them that work for themselves and also for others is not a curse but a blessing. Seek to make them happy, to make them enjoy life, but seek also to make them face life with the steadfast resolution to wrest success from labor and adversity and to do their whole duty before God and to man. Let's pray. Father, I thank you um, that you are a God that cares for mothers. Lord, I pray that the mothers here today would be encouraged, they'd be challenged, and I pray that you would allow them to be sanctified through their motherhood and that they would see this as a good thing. I pray that you'd be with the conversation the rest of the day. And again, I thank you for this group and I thank you for the women that lead this group. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. talk for the everyday part of mothering. I mean, this is what we need to do every day. I hope that you can start with just even one or two of the ways to help your children to not be focused on themselves, to not be me-centered. I will say that one of the best things you could do is start by being an example in this yourself. I love that Sharon reminded us that moms who are willing to serve others will train their kids to grow up and serve others. So hey, decide someone you and your kids can serve this week. Maybe you could take some time to rake leaves for a neighbor or do some gardening for them. Maybe you could make some cards for a family member who lives far away and pop them in snail mail. 
Or maybe you could bake some cookies and drop them off to your Bible study leader or a friend or someone who just needs some encouragement. These simple ways are such a great example to our kids and help our kids get their minds off themselves and onto serving others. Hey, thanks for listening to this special bonus episode. Remember, when everything around you is shaken, you can stand as an unshaken mom because of our rock and our fortress because of God. Until next time.